Welcome to the Freedom Nation podcast with Jeff Kickle. On this show, Jeff shares his expertise in financial and retirement planning from a different perspective. Planning for your Freedom Day, which is the first day that you wake up and have enough income or assets and do not have to go to work that day. Learn how to calculate what you need, how to generate income sources, and listen to interviews from others who've done it themselves. Get ready to experience your own Freedom Day. Hey, everybody, it's Jeff here once again with the Freedom Nation podcast, and I am super excited today to have Tyler Foley on. Now, Tyler's got a really cool story. He began his life as a child actor, both on stage, on TV, and in movies, and got to 20s and decided to retire and move on to other things. So it's an interesting version of our Freedom Day stories. So Tyler, welcome to the show, my friend. Oh, thanks for having me on, Jeff. I'm, I've been excited for this conversation for a couple of months, actually. Excellent. So glad to have you on. I'm really excited to, to hear your story. And we, I got a little bit of a preview of it ahead of time, so I'm really excited to hear it. So why don't we kick off with that? Tell us how you got to where you are today. As you alluded to, I started very young on stage. When I was six years old was the first time I was on stage in front of a crowd, got to feel the joy and the excitement of laughter from a crowd, from applause, standing ovation. I fell in love with the stage from that moment nice. on. And I was a born performer. I was that kid when the family would come over, look at me doing magic tricks, playing the piano, cartwheels, yeah. whatever I could do to entertain people, keep them laughing. And so it, that really became a passion of mine. And as I grew and became older, it became a, not just a hobby, but a vocation. Got and it. I was a professional. I was in the union at eight years old, wow. professional performer from that point on. And in my late teens, got into film and television, ACTRA, UBCP, SAG, AFTRA, all of those fun acronyms for the various performers unions. I was a member of all of those. And got to do some really cool projects mm -hmm. in Freddy versus Jason, oh, wow. uh, Door to Door with William H. Macy and Dame Helen Mirren. I got to do the TV remake of Carrie. Oh, wow. Work with the amazing producer, Brian Fuller, doing that. Mm -hmm. I got to be in the residency in Vancouver for Ragtime, which okay. when I was doing it, had just been nominated for a Tony Award. Wow. Uh, unfortunately, we lost to Lion King that year, but it was uh, still fantastic. Stupid <laughs> Lion King, Disney and its might. Boom. Uh. But uh, that, that, was, that was my life for 20 yeah. years. And like most people, when you're in a career for 20 years, you look at it and go, have I done everything that I wanted to do with it? Mm -hmm. If I had to answer that question, the answer would be no, I didn't. But I didn't see me getting to those levels with what I was doing. I was a very solid day player. And mm -hmm. so I have a lot of um, credits on my IMDb page that have numbers associated with them. Student number one. <laughs> 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 Forms. And so I, that was, that was a good career to have, but I was looking for what the next step and next level was. So I retired, went back to college, got a engineering discipline behind me, specifically photogrammetry. And for anybody who doesn't know what that is, that's the study of the earth and making picture maps of the earth. Anybody who's ever turned on satellite view on Google earth will know exactly 
what it was that I did and may have even seen some of my work, depending but on this, where you were searching. But this wasn't just like you picking this on a whim. This is a family thing for you, right? And that is correct. I come from a long line of geomatics professionals. My uncle was a photogrammetrist. My other uncle's photogrammetrist and cartographer. My grandfather was a surveyor. So it was in the blood. It was an easy yeah. pick. My, my uncle had actually started his own mapping firm, very successful mapping firm that ended up getting bought up and bought out by McDonald Etweiler, which wow. is a very large satellite producer yeah. and purveyor of geographic information. So he did, was very successful in it and I wanted to follow in his footsteps. And so I had created my own business after I had graduated. I worked with a phenomenal mentor and business partner. And unfortunately, that venture did not go the way that I planned. She passed away very suddenly three years in to our partnership. And um, we didn't have the right director's insurance in place. And overnight, literally everything that I had invested disappeared and I needed to scramble and reset and figure out what to do. And when you are in the geographic information business, your primary clients are usually oil and gas or the government or both, in yep. my case, both. And they always require you to have a safety system. And mm -hmm. so I had to take, I'd drawn the short straw between me and my business partner and I had to get all the safety <laughs> trainings. And so I had this skill set that was being unused. And a friend of mine who owns an electrical firm reached out to me. He'd just gotten a very, very large with a, a, a very big eight-figure build, nine-figure build in Alberta in the oil sands and mm -hmm. needed a safety manager for a year. Okay. And so I signed on and he helped me take an additional two or three courses that I needed to upgrade my skill set and get an actual like designation. And so I became a national construction safety officer and wow. started working for him. And the nice thing about being in that project, multiple projects too, because he had a few on the go that were all with kind of the same construction firms. And there are a lot of stakeholders that are involved in these hundred million dollar, $200 million builds. And so they would, we would have executives from various parties and entities walking through on a continual basis. And they would see me speaking. Because I'd be doing toolbox talks or just generally yelling at the guys at, at early on <laughs> in my career. Growing up. To stop doing <laughs> And it's funny because one of my toolbox talks actually came from a prompting of, of one of these executives. They were doing their quarterly tour. So all the men in suits come through with their shiny PPE that is almost never worn, but for when they're on site. Yep. And I was going through trying to make sure that our guys looked good and proper. This was early on in my safety career before I really understood how to motivate people. And they were standing very high up at height in a very dangerous way. And I remember saying to them, I used to jump out of windows for a living, referencing stunt work that I used to do back in my performance days. So I used to jump out of six-story windows for a living, and that was safer than what you're doing right now. One of the... <laughs> one of the executives that heard it and he came up to me afterwards and like, Tyler, is that true? I said, what's true? Cause like I say a lot of things and I'm pretty sure they're all true, but which specific thing are you asking about? He goes, did you used to jump out of windows? I'm like, Oh, I, an actor and I did some stunt performance for a couple of times. And the favorite one that I did was a high fall out of a six story window. And, and yeah, it was actually safer than anything that's going on this project. And that kind of made him go really. 
And so he asked if I would have lunch with them and we did. And, and then he asked if I would give it as a toolbox talk. And I again did, because you don't say no to the big wigs. No. And another executive was on site and heard it. And he again asked me, is that true? I said, is what true? Did you used to jump out of windows? Yes, I did. And I explained it to him. He goes, would you give that as a keynote presentation at our next safety stand down? It's coming up in, in a couple of months. I said, sure. I had no idea at the time what a keynote was, Jeff. I had to Google it. <laughs> but I'll freaking just, figure it out. <laughs> yeah. I was like, yeah, no, it sounds is it me talking. Sure. Okay. I'm yeah. Good. I didn't even know. I recognized it would be some kind of storytelling. And then yeah. when I found out that it was like a 45 minute talk, I was like, cool. And then he asked, he said, I'll give me your card. I'll get you in touch with my admin. And the admin reached out and they said, how much do you charge for your keynote? And I didn't know, but I had a friend who was a public speaker and I asked him and he's this much, but I know people who charge X, Y, and Z. And I'm like, that was no help because I had this range. And I was like, so I just wrote down my, I got paid monthly. So I wrote down my monthly paycheck. I was like, they'll either say yes or no. And they came back. Do you want that in advance or on the day? <laughs> and they didn't give it to me in advance. Go, Crap, I should have asked for more. I should have asked for more. They didn't even play. And, and it was at that point that I realized a couple of things. A, I could make a month's salary in one day, in one day, working for myself and not for somebody else who was controlling my time, my location, where I'm at that time. And at that point, I'd only been married a couple of years. So we were newlywed. We're still in the honeymoon phase. And, and I, it was a long time to be away from my wife each couple of weeks. And so that it started to ruminate in that head. And then when I gave this keynote presentation, one of the other executives that was at it came and she said to me, you did such an amazing job with that. I'm terrified to speak. Could you show me how? And I was like, sure. And then that was the next moment where not only did I realize that I had this gift for presentation, but that I also, I, talking about lineage in your DNA, my father was a teacher. My grandmother was a teacher. Cousin is a teacher. Um, so I have this gift for understanding technical, but I also have this gift for presentation and instruction. Yeah. And so it's all of that technical down to... Yeah, what you get. Yeah. Yeah. And all of those skill sets just meshed into this beautiful ability to well, create this. And new especially entity. in that industry, because you tend to get a bunch of wonky people that know a lot that get up on stage and it's the PowerPoints with 8,000 words on one page yep. and everything else. Yeah. But that's fine because it was compressed down to a two-point font. So it's well, super yeah, it's easy. <laughs> you're able to see everything and you're good. And then, and then you could just follow along. <laughs> <laughs> and so I, it became this wonderful revelation and I could build this kind of subset for myself yeah. and everybody has that side hustle. The funny thing is the side hustle just took off and I was okay. only ever into a one-year contract anyways. Okay. So when the contract expired, I briefly flirted with trying to find another full-time job and it sucked my will to live. It was yeah. the most soul-crushing endeavor that I'd ever did. I only made it. Uh, when did I think all of maybe four months with the other company? And then I still remember the day, February 5th, 2015, I came back to my wife and I said, I won't be working there anymore. I'm going to start my own thing. And, uh, and she said, you better figure it out because we're pregnant. <laughs> Let me add a little extra level of difficulty. To yeah. 
difficulty and or motivation. So yeah. I was definitely motivated for all of 2015 to make sure that worked. And, and here we are eight years later, and I can say that the company is thriving. We have multiple different offerings from safety consulting to this speaker training. And then me as an entity myself, whether that's keynote presentations or training, and I have a great team that's working behind me and I've never been happier. To be yeah. honest, I know, I, I know you can just feel it in the energy and in your soul when you've quote unquote made it. Yeah. I've always felt like I, I was a step behind with something or that there was something more to do. And now I'm, I don't feel that. I feel that we, I've got what I need. There's certainly other benchmarks that I can achieve. Sure. But I don't need them anymore. Mm -hmm. It's wonderful. Yeah. There's that first stage when you make enough that you're covering your living costs. And it's, oh, I can do that. And we all went through, all of us that have ever transitioned over, there's so much time that you spend where you're, you're thinking, oh, I've got to have that job so I can get paid. And really for you, yeah, it was a job, but you were constantly having to renew every year. So you basically had only a one-year job in a lot of cases. I think for you, it was, it, you'd already been making your own paycheck at that point. But that's, I think, what holds a lot of people back. As we have conversations on the podcast and when I'm working with clients, that it's that thing. It's, oh my God, I can't believe I've got to make my own paycheck and how am I going to do that? And it's really pretty easy in the end once you start to do it. So let's talk a little bit about transitioning into that new world of coaching executives on speaking and things like that. What were some of the things that you did after those initial few things where you went out and you did that, how did you get that organized into a more kind of logical flow of things? With great trial and error. <laughs> but initially, like I said, it was just one person asking and then an, a recommendation saying, hey, I, what, what changed over the last couple of months? Because you used to not do this. And when you did do this, there was a lot of stutter and a lot of trepidation. Why, how Tell me your secret. I was the secret, which was really cool. And I think that's the other thing too. When you are somebody's uh, secret weapon or there's the person behind the curtain that helped, that's when that you're doing a thing that is worth doing. Yeah. When people come to you and go, and it's one of the, it's some of the advice that I give all of my clients is what, what is the advice that you're constantly giving? Mm -hmm. What do people seek you out for? Because it's not necessarily associated with your job title or yeah. what you went to school for. Like for me, there, I, acting was such a, a part of my past. In fact, I'd spent the better part of a decade trying to hide it off of my resume and my IMDb. If you go onto my IMDb, you still don't see it. I have this great list of all these corporate jobs that I had. Yeah. And at no point do you see acting on my LinkedIn. But you go to my IMDb page and yes, yeah, then you get to see all that. Yeah. Yeah. And that and the IMDb page is the thing that comes up first when you search my name. Of course. <laughs> yeah. You get I think when you run a search and whether it's my familiar name Tyler Foley or my professional name Sean Tyler Foley, it doesn't matter which one you search, you're getting my book, my website, my IMDb page and then I think my LinkedIn and a whole bunch of podcasts. I've been yeah. on 350 podcasts, I think, in the last 18 months. So <laughs> it's extensive what comes up when you search, which is great. My website loves it. My SEO is through the roof. But none of that is linked to, nobody comes to me and goes, 
So Tyler, if you needed to turn an azimuth and survey this block, how would you do it? <laughs> that is my, technically, that is my background. That is my training. That is what I went to school for. You stitch, how do you create a photo mosaic? How do you take terrain relief out of it? Like, how do you make an ortho photo? Nobody is asking Tyler that. No. But a lot of people are like, why is it that when you give a training presentation, it's not boring? Mm-hmm. Like usually safety is a uh, invitation to lo- uh, lobotomy. And yet yeah. I feel like I walk out of your presentations informed and entertained. I would mm-hmm. love to know why. Yeah. That became the advice that I was giving. That became what I was sought for. Mm-hmm. And that really informed what that next decision needed to be. Yeah. But it was what you were in the end, all these things that you've done in your life. I think what you found out is that what you were put on this planet. It's all those, that training that you went through, it's, it literally is that. And I mean, I've worked for construction firms in my past and things like that. And yeah, you're right. The safety briefings were basically. And yeah. don't, yeah, don't even look up from the clipboard. Oh, no, no. Yeah, you got to look down. Yeah, you got to look, you got to look down at the clipboard, read in a monotone voice and tell everybody what they already know. This is the safety training school of all of that. Yeah. I think just that one piece alone, your ability to get there, to get their attention, tell stories, everything else, that's what you were put on this earth, this earth to do. And now you're able to help other people do that. And I guess it's one bad speaker at a time. You're improving the world for others around them. It, it is actually my goal <laughs> yeah. is to, it, I do, because other people's presentations become my business card. Yep. <laughs> so I want it to be the best presentation that anybody has seen. Yeah. And I think and it's fun. I've coached people on speaking. I've been in Toastmasters for years. And I, it, the fun part is to see somebody who struggled so hard be able to come back to you and that, that, excitement that they have that, oh my God, people clapped when I got done instead of ran out the door. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, and it's that look too. Yeah. There's something about that. There's a twinkle in the eye Mm -hmm. when either your audience has got it or you've coached somebody who has seen that twinkle in the audience has got it and they come back exhilarated. Look what I've done. Yeah. And that's Tom Cruise in Castaway. I have made fire. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's that, that pride of finally overcoming this thing that was such a difficulty and was hindering you before. Mm-hmm. It's the most sacred gift, I think. Yeah, that is awesome. So what's uh, what's coming up? What's new in your world now? Oh, so many things. We, you and I were talking uh, offline before we started this about the number of resets that I've had in my life and like full blank slate resets. Yeah. And just recently, I was supposed to be doing um, six events this year with mm. a promoter and very well respected in the industry. One of the kindest, most gentlest humans I've ever known. And I would walk to the ends of the earth for him. Unfortunately, he he passed away December oh 30th. God. And along with him, yeah, it's, don't become friends with me because apparently this happens. A lot. Apparently people die um, around you. This yeah. Is not, yeah. Not necessarily. Yeah. Good yeah, you don't want to you don't want to get too close to me. You don't want to be in the inner circle because your your probability <laughs> the of they perishing get, the faster they die. Oh, unfortunately, yeah, it's just not good. But yeah. unfortunately, with that, all the events yeah. dissolved. So I've had to do the reset. And mm-hmm. I have a lot of business mentors that I'm very close with, and so I reached out to one that I trust implicitly, 
And we had a really good, you know, sit down. Like, yeah. what are the assets that you have? You have. And we looked at the business. We looked at total buy-in. It's a, at this point, it's a perpetual motion. I have very little involvement in the safety consulting and the safety training anymore. Put the quotes together and arranged some of the audits and help do it. But I, it's not my passion. And I have a team of people who are way smarter at it than me, way mm -hmm. better at it. And so I just stick my head in once a quarter and go, where are we at? Do we need help? Yeah. What can I do? Nothing. You don't want me to do anything? Yeah. Should we I'll just screw it up. Go away? Yeah. Okay. I'll go away. Yeah. Keep, me, I'll keep me posted on the quarterlies and yeah. I'll bring that's, the account. That's in being a business owner instead of a business manager. Yeah. You know, yeah. Business. Yeah. And the nice thing about it is it gives me the freedom to then pursue these things. So when these yeah. six contracts ended, I had another opportunity that came up and because I was supposed to be doing these events mostly through April. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't have time in my calendar. And a gentleman had reached out to me asking if I would like to showcase my book at the Elevate Los Angeles Book Festival. Okay. And so then that opportunity became available. So I'll be down in LA in, in April doing that. Oh. And we're relaunching. The nice thing with COVID was a lot of my training, being a speaker training, was yep. in person. And I yeah. was one of those people who fought the virtual. I'm good at it. I've been yeah. on in front been of the on camera, camera most of your life. Yeah. So it's nothing for me to want to communicate through a lens. I'm used to doing that. Mm -hmm. But... For me, trying to teach somebody the art of connection, yeah, art of storytelling, and to really use your whole instrument, i.e. your body, to reach an audience and leave them impacted and better than you found them, I just, I didn't believe you could do it virtually. And I'd seen all the virtual summits and they were great. And there's people who were doing it better than others, but there was just this part of me that went, no. But at the same time, I had a lot of people reach out to me and be like, listen, I still need help. Yeah. I'm going on these Zoom calls now. And the world, yeah, the world ain't going to change. And the whole, yeah, yeah it's going to take two weeks and we'll be done with it thing. It, yeah. It ain't going to work. <laughs> no, they, the, this Zoom meetings and virtual teleconferences and conferences, they, they, it has changed. And so people needed the help. And I was like, well, fine, we'll make a digital one. And so now we have the digital offering we always had. Yeah, it was always a thing, but instead of being an add-on to a live event, it is now a standalone product and being marketed on its own. Nice, which is really exciting to be able to open up yet another revenue it's, stream, especially something like that where you know. And again, my business mentor had pointed it out to me. She's you. Do you want to be reliant on you mm -hmm. as the product? And I yeah. said, No, obviously not. She's like, You're going back down that path. You've separated yourself from it over here. And now your whole focus is if you don't yeah. show up on stage, you don't get paid. Yeah. Or you can take all of that, package it virtually and continue down this. And now you have all of these other, we already have these passive income streams over here. Why not add another one? Oh, okay, fine. Do that. You know what you're talking about, Vicky. Fine. <laughs> that's awesome. And I think that's the other. So let's just circle back on that. You think in, you think in income streams, right? Yeah. That's it. Yes. It's about cash flow. It's like, where can I create another stream of cash flow? And I think you and I were having that conversation beforehand. You wake up every day and you can live without, if you just decided I don't want to go to work for a few weeks, you're okay. Or yeah. you're, you planned out the first half of your year and it blows up 
in five minutes. Okay. You're not really stressed. Yeah. I've got to figure out something else to do with my time. That's the important part. I was talking to a friend today and she's like, my job just cut my, literally she got a $35,000 pay cut. And she said, I don't know what I'm going to do. And I said, well, start thinking in what, you know, even if you can't find the job where you're going to make what you need, what can you do that's going to create little income streams that you can piece together and cobble together? And yeah, it's funny. As soon as you said it, I'm like, that's, so what is that? That's going to be $3,000 a month. Yeah. So that's basically $100 a day that you need to yep. generate. How that's a 10, $10 sales in a day. It's doable. You could get yeah, my stuff. Right. Yeah, yeah, keep pecking it, yeah, it down as far. And it's like, that's nothing. I can do that in my sleep. Yeah. Oh. And here's the funny thing. Like I have very early on been indoctrinated into the gig economy. I was, I, when you're a performer, it's not, it's not like I was acting every day. I was a child actor from yeah. six professional since eight, but that was, I would do, I for sure had a gig a year for the first like four years of my life. Cause I was always going to play tiny Tim, I was tiny Tim in a Christmas carol <laughs> until I got too big to do it. The rest of it, especially growing up where I grew up, it wasn't a large art center. Didn't have a huge film and TV industry. We were always used for our exteriors, right? Grew up in the foothills of Alberta. Okay. And in Canada. And so like things like Legends of the Falls, uh, right now we're blowing up. The Last of Us films up here, Fargo films up here, wow. Under the Banner of Heaven was up here. So we've got some big names here. But before, like I, I Legends of the Fall, what is the a couple of Dead Bang? was up here and most people have never even seen or heard of Dead Bang, but it starred, oh, it played a cop in Florida, Miami PD, Miami Vice, Don Johnson. Don Johnson, John Johnson okay. wow. it was up here. He filmed Dead Bang and I had a very small thing on that. Like it was small yeah. things. So like I would do like a thing a year, maybe two or three. Mm -hmm. And and then guessing in Alberta, there's also a very short window of shit you can do outside. Because well, it's so like, the time. you would think so, but it depends on what you want. Do you want okay. the big vistas with the snow or do you want the big vistas with the wide know. open grassland prairie? Yeah. Because the window with the snow is actually fairly large. Sure. <laughs> you get eight yeah, you got a lot more that. time doing that. Than yeah. And that's usually what people want. They want that kind of blend so there's a lot of filming in the spring because they can start with the snow and then the snow melts really rapidly leonardo dicaprio filmed his up here and actually complained because we had chinooks and so they didn't have all the snow that they wanted the revenant was filmed up here oh okay um, and so it's things like that where i had always understood that money was going to come in spurts yeah but you're always okay i'm finishing this thing i'm out there trying to get the next gig and exactly and that's the thing i got used to auditioning and I yeah. got used to having to put myself out there. So I was very lucky because a lot of the problems I'm sure that you hear as a coach mm. for people who are trying to get into entrepreneurship, trying to either get into a side hustle or transition from that side hustle, being a side hustle to being their full-time job. For me, my side hustle was my full-time job 20 years. Yeah. And I was always able to make it work as my full-time job now. I can hear the audience. Yes, you are correct. For 12 of those years, I had the comfy luxury of living at my mother's house and having very low expenses. Yeah. But I moved out to go to a fine arts high school at 15 okay. and was billeted and had to pay for my billeting at that point. Now, the nice thing is at that point, I did have 
a nice amount of money. 75% of my money had to go into trust, but 25% went into my bank account that I earned. So I had money saved up. And my mom, being an accountant, was very diligent with making sure that these things, and she was smart too. My trust fund was locked in until I was 25, which is one of the reasons why when I was looking to retire, I didn't do it till I was 25 because then I had my trust. Yeah, it's okay. I'm going to have to find a real gig for a few years before I... Yeah, Yeah, and I was able to take that and use it to pay for school, which was a a thing, a blessing unto itself to be able to pay for school up front because schooling is ridiculously expensive. And I don't know that I would have been able to do it if I hadn't saved up all that money for 20 years Mm -hmm. ahead of time. You could have done it, but you end up taking loans and everything else. And then you down for the rest of your life. And then instead of growing wealth, you're paying off debt. Yep. And that's the hardest thing to get under because the mechanisms to grow wealth are there, but they're not as prevalent or as pushed as the ones to get you into debt. And it's so easy to do deficit spending because they make it easy to do deficit Mm -hmm. spending and it's so hard to get out of it. And the hardest thing to do is to run off a cash budget. And I've I'm blessed for six and a half of the eight years that we've operated as total buy-in. It has been a cash business. I did have to dip into deficit spending over the pandemic because everything changed. But that changed Um, for all of us. That changed for every one of us of, okay, you just, you got to do what you got to do to keep the doors open. And if you can just survive through, then it gets better. And I think it's getting better for all of us. Well, and but and the, but I'm always hyper aware of as soon as I'm justifying with it, if I can just get through, yeah. <laughs> if I can just get this, if I'm spending here, if it all goes right, it'll yeah. come out. Because I, I again, I did that with my first company. If I do this over the next five years, I will recoup all of my investment, and then from that point on, we're into profit. And mm-hmm. that would have worked, except for the whole thing collapsed three years in. Yeah. And for circumstances outside of my control, I could not. And again, that, that isn't entirely true, but I know you're going to ask me what my biggest mistake was. So I'm not going to answer that question. Really well. ah, we'll come back. All to right. It. So let's transition at this point to the fast five questions. So let's start off. This one's going to be fun because you literally have a story in your own life for every one of these. But first one, you wake up in the morning. Business is gone. You have 500 bucks in your pocket, laptop, computer place to live, food and clothing. What are you going to do first? Uh, the first thing I'm going to do is reach out to my network. Okay. Because before I go through any of the other resources, I'm going to take advantage of the ones that don't cost me money. And I will say, I will be incredibly transparent with whatever reason has me in that circumstance. And I'll say, this is where I find myself. What would you do? Then I'm going to sort through which ones rise to the top. One of the things that I do with my team here at Total Buy-In Anytime we're facing a problem, we play a yes and game. Mm-hmm. All ideas are valid. There okay. are no bad ideas. You can spitball anything. Somebody could say, and this will be a, a viciously sensitive example, but somebody could say, maybe we start up the Holocaust again. Yeah. <laughs> and, yes, and you man. have to look at them and be like, <laughs> okay, what I like about that idea is finding a way to industrialize mass transportation. Um, But so let's grow on that and go over here and do and use it for good instead of evil. Let's solve a problem that way. But that's literally what we have to do. You can't have, there are no bad suggestions. There are better suggestions in this one. And we have to build on whatever that nugget is. That goes. And maybe there's a piece in there that you could, yeah, you could work with. Yeah, exactly. The mechanization or finding systems, 
right? Mm. Like all of those things would come out of that. And I know it's a polarizing and bad example, but it's because it's a horrible thing. Like, yeah, it's a horrible thing, but there's something yeah. you can pull out of that that's exactly. not evil that you could leverage from it. Awesome. And Great so answer. I... And so that's what I would do. I would reach out to my network and say, what is it? And I would yes and all of them and see what the common thread is before I did anything. Because if you only have 500 bucks, it can feel mm -hmm. incredibly limiting. But people have done things with a far lower budget. I can do yes. it with a buck. Yep. But what I'm going to do is I'm going to thing else that is of a limited resource at a time of lack, I'm going to ration it. And I'm going to be very diligent and very purposeful with what I'm doing. And it's not just the $500, your laptop. So how much battery do I have on the laptop? Is it plugged in or is it not plugged in? Because that's one of the first questions that came through my mind that was unanswered. Do I have power on this yeah. island? And my time. My yeah. time is, my, is far more valuable than the $500 in the bank account. $500 can go up and down, but my time can never come back. Yeah. And so I want to make sure that I'm very diligent and specific with that time while I'm doing my research so that I can rapid test some things on, with little to no cost so that I can then figure out what the next step is. Brilliant idea. Absolutely brilliant idea, man. That's a great answer. What's the biggest business mistake you've ever made? Not having director's insurance in place. <laughs> and here's the thing. I have an unbelievably good insurance rep. He's not just an insurance salesman. He's, he really is somebody who invests his time into his clients. There's a reason that I've been with James for over 20 years because he's constantly touching base. He's telling you about new changes in products. He's telling you if they're, if you're overinsured or underinsured, he's probably, he's, I've him and, and I have another friend, Jennifer, and they are the only two people in insurance that I've ever met that have come to me and told me not only how I could save money, but if I was over or underinsured, specifically mm -hmm. overinsured. Yeah. And how to, to how to cut back. And that kind of integrity has kept me working with James yeah. forever. So the nice thing is I asked all of these questions and he said, this is what you need. And so I'm my life insurance is through him, but my business insurance is through him. And mm -hmm. what do I need to be set up? And what how do we account for all these scenarios? And the one thing that we didn't take into account was the loss of a director in the organization to death. I don't know why, but it just was not the thing that was discussed. We recovered for every other scenario, especially with the fleet of planes. We had three planes and we had um, an IMU, which is called a, an inertial measurement unit. Yeah. And for anybody who doesn't know us, it's a nice little gimbal and it sits and it can tell you exactly what your orientation is. And we had a military grade one that was actually Ooh. used in scud missiles which means that we needed to get top secret clearance so i was actually insured for terrorism <laughs> if somebody were to break in and steal this thing and i was responsible for some kind of um mass terrorist event i had insurance for that but i didn't the have one thing for my yeah. business partner passing away wow. and making sure that the correct director's insurance was in place would have been the thing that I most deeply regret. And it's actually come to bite me twice. Yeah. So hopefully you're buying director's insurance. I do have it now. Yes. Very good. Good boy. You've done well. Three to third time's a charm, right? So what is a good book that you would recommend for our audience? Can I recommend three? And does it have to be Please fiction do. or nonfiction? Whatever you want to do. 
Okay, I have two nonfictions and one fiction, and they're books that I recommend to all of my clients because they're fantastic. The first Mm -hmm. one is The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. I think it does an unbelievable job of simplifying what is actually a simple complex or simple idea, Mm -hmm. but most people try to make it complex. And that is just that that, that idea of compounding anything, whether Mm -hmm. that's time, money, energy, like how the little how little things amplify over time. And it's a book that I go back, I probably read it once a year just to remind myself, especially in the last couple of years where things have gone up and down, up and down to remind myself, hey, oscillations are natural, but very much like the stock market, the trend is up if I do this thing. So I'm going to have those down moments, but I, I can't get caught up in the oscillations. I have to focus on the trend. And I really like how the compound effect lays that out. The other one nonfiction that I would recommend is The Four Agreements, because I mm. think if you can sit down and, and don't just read The Four Agreements, because that's, that's where most people make the mistake is they Google The Four Agreements, they can see what The Four Agreements are, and they go, okay, no, that makes oh, sense. I'm you good. Know, yeah. Always be true to your word. Never make assumptions. And you just, and, but if you don't have the context, if you haven't actually read the book and understand the Toltec wisdom behind it and why those things are in place... And what do your best actually means? You don't, you need the context you need to read the book. And when you combine the two together and you can apply the practices of the four agreements in conjunction with the compound effect, you can see instant acceleration in your life. Like you will, it can literally change your life overnight if you understand and apply those concepts. So those are the two nonfiction books. And I would put them together. And then the other book, because A, it's a fantastic read and it is a masterclass in storytelling, is The Fool's Progress by Edward Abbey. Now, I'm going to warn all of your listeners, it is a 500-page book. So this is not light reading. Mm. It's not a weekend read. Yeah, (laughs) it is not. Although I have read it in a weekend. A, I'm a very fast reader and I love the story and it's a thing that I reread over and over again. The other warning for you, the main character, Henry Lightcap, you will hate <laughs> for 460 pages. Wow. And you will ask, why the hell did Tyler ever recommend this book? And then in the last 60 pages, the payoff comes and you will instantly want to reread the book. And when you do that and you can reread the book, knowing what you know at the end. Yeah. You have nothing but empathy and love and sympathy for Henry Lightcap, and you just want to give him a hug. (laughs) And that is why I think what Edward Abbey did with it, and it's semi-autobiographical too. It's a bit of a tragic life for Edward Abbey. If you can apply the principles and really start to see how, first of all, the narrative jumps from past to present in a colliding path. So Mm. at the end, past and present merge. But okay. it, it, while you're reading it, it keeps, it's going back. And then those intervals get closer and closer until you have at the end and the way that it dropped loops and the way that narrative is introduced very subtly in telling the story is I make all of my clients read it so that they understand the proper way to tell a story to yes. maintain an audience interest. Even if you're the most loathsome human being on the planet, which Henry Lightcap is, mm. you can tell your story in a way that garners empathy and sympathy if it's told correctly. And most people aren't as vile as Henry. Most people are decent human beings. And so 
if, he, if Henry's story can be touching, so can yours. That is brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. Thank you. You get the bonus plan here with the extra book. So what's a tool that you use in your business every day that you do? Uh, well, it, it's funny because it's making waves and I was doing it long before it was making waves. I use a program called Jasper, which was formerly uh -huh. Jarvis. Yep. And it is my AI writing tool. Mm -hmm. It saves me so much time. Yeah. So much time because I can just say, I need to write this in this style and this kind of thing. And it just goes. I'm not a big fan of chat GP or GPT yeah, GPT. or whatever. Yeah. I tried using it and it was just a little, and this will sound weird. It was too intuitive. Yeah. And it, I didn't have the ability to inflect my actual voice into mm -hmm. it. And because I'm not using AI to try and create something in somebody else's voice, I'm trying to use AI to enhance my own voice. Yeah. And more specifically, to get my voice across in a faster, more efficient manner. And so that that is something, particularly as a speaker, if I need to tweak a speech or come up with a new concept or write a new chapter for, for my book or whatever, it's just, it's an easy process. And then instead of spending weeks or days on something, I can spend hours or minutes on something. Yeah. And my time is my most valuable and most precious resource. And so anything that saves time is. Yeah, I've used Jasper. I'm also a big fan. Of, the one I'm using now, it's called Phrase, F-R-A-S-E. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Which is phenomenal. Recommended by a friend of mine that's, he's a big time copywriter. And I just, the whole AI thing, I know people are resistant to it and everything else, but I, if you're going to be someone who produces content, you need to learn how to use it, even just yeah. for organizing your ideas. And I know people are worried about singularity. You got to remember that with AI, it's trained to do a specific thing. Is it creepy yeah. that the chat bot on chat GPT can mimic a human and mm -hmm. say things that are creepishly in tune? Yeah. Yes, but you got to remember that's the only thing it can do. <laughs> All yeah. it can do is sound like a human. It, is, it can't flip a burger. I was listening to a news reporter and she was talking about yeah, I tested that using it on a dating app. And she goes, it ended up making me sound like a hipster. And I didn't like. That. Yeah. Yeah. And last that's exactly question. It. Yeah. Last question. What is your definition of freedom? When you can wake up and go to sleep in the same day with a sense of calm that has lasted throughout, that was, that prevailed throughout. That's when you have your freedom. Brilliant. That's a great answer. That's the best answer I've heard in a long time. Tyler, thank you so much. It's been an absolute honor and a privilege having you on the show. Great conversation. I loved, loved hearing about your life and it's not all been perfect and you've had trials and tribulations, but you figure out, you adjust and pivot and do what you need to do. Thank you for sharing your story today. Thanks for having me on, Chef. It was an yeah. absolute pleasure to be there. Uh, if somebody wants to get a hold of you, what is the best way? The best way to get a hold of me is to go to my website, but before they do, Jeff, they're already on Freedom Nation. Yep. And so they're on your platform. They're taking in your content. So before they come and consume my content, I would ask that as a consumer of yours, they give you a five-star review. Take a Thank moment you. before they drop down into the show notes to find my website. They have to scroll past the stars and the little comment section, and they're not there for decoration, right? So if you could click a five-star review, give Jeff a 
a written review. What are you enjoying about Freedom Nation? What was one of your favorite episodes? What was some of the content that you really enjoyed? Was there something from this episode that you took away that you really liked? What was a previous guest perhaps that you really resonated with? Be specific. And that's going to do a couple of things. First of all, it's going to help you because if you tell Jeff what you want to hear, guess what he's going to bring on the Lots show? Lots more of it. Lots <laughs> more of it. It's going to help Jeff because he's going to know what to bring on the show because he's mm -hmm. going to want to help you and he's going to listen to what you have to say. And it's going to help me because that kind of engagement on the show is going to boost its popularity. It's going to boost its visibility, which means more people are going to hear the show itself, which means they're more likely to hear this episode, which means more people are likely to hear my content. So as a thank you to you for helping everybody who is involved in this conversation now, me, Jeff, and you as a listener, for helping us all achieve better outcomes. My thank you to you is if you come to my website, seantylerfoley.com, I will give you a free PDF download of my book, The Power to Speak Naked. That'll, so you don't have to go out to the bookstores, although it is available there. You don't have to pay $17.95 to your local book retailer or Jeff Bezos and his site or wherever else you want to consume your reading material. We'll just give it to you for free. And also give you access to my Drop the Mic Speaker Trainer series, which is really quick. There are seven episodes, five minutes each, very easy to digest over the course of a week. If you watch them while you're drinking your morning coffee, you can become a more confident, better speaker. I give you insider tips from 25 years of performing so that you can really understand the power of your story and your messaging and learn some insider tips and tricks on being a better public speaker. And we'll give you access to my Endless Stages Facebook group which is a free private Facebook group that I run where I go live every Tuesday at noon Pacific, three Eastern time and give my Tuesday tip, which is a 20 minute training session on whatever happens to be the popular topic in the group that week. I like to listen to you and help you solve your problem. And then we come live every Tuesday for the 20 minutes to do that. If you happen to be on live and you want to do a hot seat, we'll do that. If you just want to ask a question, we'll do that. Either way, it's a live training every Tuesday at noon. Pacific 3 Eastern. And those are all available to your faithful listeners, Jeff, but only if they give you a five-star review. No five-star review, no gifts for you. Brilliant. Thank you, Tyler. I appreciate that. And folks, you've got the challenge now. Drop a five-star review and then go get a whole bunch of stuff. And what I would recommend, because I've had the opportunity to read it, is not only get the free copy, get the actual copy that you can hold in your hand and make some notes too. So spend a little bit of money and, and buy the hardback of the book too. So thanks a lot, folks. As always, we do these twice a week. Make sure that you subscribe to the channel so that we have lots more cool people like Tyler on and we get to share them with you. So thanks a lot. And we will see you guys back here next time. Thank you for listening to the Freedom Nation podcast. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and all the major channels. Wherever you're listening, please subscribe to the channel and leave a rating and review. If you have friends and family that could benefit from their own Freedom Day, please share with them. Finally, join Freedom Nation by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.